Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. How many people are ready to get into the Word today? If you are, say amen. If you have a Bible, you can turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 16 through 17. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible app on your phone. If you don't have a phone, we have a screen for you right here that you can follow uh, on and on the screen. You can just read along with us. Galatians, chapter 5, verse 16 through 17 goes like this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting in each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. That's like an aha moment for some of y'all right now. Because we love to categorize other people as either good or bad, or ourselves as either good or bad. But the truth is that in, inside each one of us, there's good and bad, and they're fighting with each other so that we don't do what we want to do. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since then, we are living by the Spirit. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Y'all ain't ready for my title today. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Are you ready? You ain't ready, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Here's the title. How to change. I know it's not deep. I know it doesn't rhyme and there is no alliteration. But how many people say, amen, I need this sermon right here, right now? Yeah. I can tell you right now that this is going to be the most clicked sermon on our YouTube page right now, just by the title. Our YouTube page, by the way, that has just passed over 2,000 subscribers. Come on, give it up for the production team, the video team. They do such a great job. Come on, is there anybody here at church today who's trying to change? Come on, trying to change some habits? trying to change some, some behaviors, trying to change some desires, trying to change some, some ways of thinking, trying to change uh, maybe your number because you got people in your life who ain't trying to change and therefore they ain't trying to let you change, you know what I'm talking about? Is there anybody here who's trying to change their life? Well, if you're trying to change your life, then you're probably trying to. And I want to emphasize trying to because change is not as simple as it sounds. I heard a wise person once say, if you don't like your life, change it. I wish I could meet that person. I would roundhouse kick that person on their left temple <laughs> with passion. If you don't like your life, change it. Well, bro, if it was that simple, I'd have done changed already. But it's not, it's not as simple as changing an outfit. You don't wake up depressed and put on a happy face. Nope. It's not like changing the channel. If you don't like what's on TV and you just click it, you can't click change. Although if I were to look at your Amazon purchase history, I might think that you were trying <laughs> to 
purchase change. It ain't going to work. Protein powder is not going to get you there, okay? It's not going to work out. doesn't work like that. Can't do it, man. Change is difficult. Change is hard because change has challenges. Tell your neighbor, change has challenges. That's challenges, man. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not simple. It only seems simple on the outside, but it's easy to change things on the outside. What I find more difficult is becoming changed on the inside. That's a little more difficult. So I'm going to give you three challenges for change. You, you might be able to identify with them. There's probably more, but there are three that I've identified. Maybe you can relate. Here are three challenges of change. Number one, the reason why change is a challenge is because we change like the weather changes. Temporary and temperamental. Yeah. Raise your hand if you just moved to Florida, like within the last year. Raise your hand. You just moved to Florida. Come on. Welcome to the Sunshine State. We're so glad you're here. Well, look at here. If you just moved to Florida, let me help you out. You probably haven't experienced the winter here yet. So I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Here's how it's going to go. You're going to wake up, and it's going to be 59 degrees. Then you're going to get a jacket, and you're going to put that jacket on. But by 1.30, <laughs> it's going to be 76. And it went from 59 to 76. Am I right about it? Come on. You go home, you leave home in a jacket, and you come back in a tank top. That's just how it is in Florida, right? You, you, when you left the morning, you left changed. By the afternoon time, you changed back. Hello. Change is kind of like that. You leave Sunday morning, and you'll be like, I'm changed. I feel it. I'm a different person. I feel it. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start paying taxes. It's become a different person. But then Monday comes and the change you had on Sunday, guess what? You just changed back on Monday. That's right, because you, you left the house chill, but you came back hot. You changed, you know, and it's not even your fault. You were prepared for it, but you weren't prepared for that person to rain on your parade. And so, like, man, I was all good. I was all changed. And this is what we say, until that person stole my blessing. I was all changed until I saw my kids again. I was all changed until, until I, I was all changed, man, until that happened. And it's almost like it's not even under your control, like you had it. But you changed back. Change can be a challenge. If that's you today, I want to offer you the kind of change that Jesus Christ offers. And it's not a temporary or a temporal change. The kind of change that Jesus Christ offers, listen to me, it's a lasting change. It's a change that lasts. Let me present to you the second challenge for change. Here's the second challenge for change. The second challenge for change is that we change on the surface. That is, our actions change, but our attitudes stay the same. And the motivation for this kind of change is usually a fear of consequence. And because we fear a consequence, we'll adjust our behavior on the outside because we know that if we continue with that behavior, we'll be punished. It's like a little kid, Monty. It's like when you go in to clean your room and your mom's like, clean your room. And you're like, I'll clean it. And you do it, but you clean it with the stankest attitude ever. You don't you do it because you know if you don't do it, let me give you another way. It's like if you're single and your ex gets engaged before you do. Yeah. And then your best friend calls and they're like, hey, have you seen? He... He got engaged, and she fine, too. And you know that if you really tell your best friend what you really think, she going to call you petty. So you, so you don't say what you really think. You go, oh, I'm just happy. I'm just so, I'm so glad they're blessed, and I, I pray they have many children, many children from the Lord, just that the Lord would bless them in many, many ways. I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm just happy for him and whatever her name is. You know her name. Say it, say it. Yeah, 
But you don't want to tell them how you really feel. And listen, that kind, of change, that, kind, that kind of change is fine for behavior, but it's fuel for bitterness. Because your heart hasn't changed. And, so, and, so, and actually, you're about to double down on that too. About to get even worse. That's like if you're, let me give you one for the married people. It's like if you're married and you're in bed at night and you look at your wife and it's late and you're like, hey, babe. And she like, I got a headache. And then, and, then, and then you got a bunch of feelings come up because you like, there is no headache that lasts 30 days. Do we need to take you to the hospital? What do we need to do right now? Excedrin, Advil, Motrin, I'll go get it, babe. But you don't. Here's what you do. You go, oh, that's cool. I understand. And you crawl over and you bite your tongue. And, you, and, 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 and to her, she goes, oh, he's so understanding. You're not understanding. You just understand that if you told her how you really felt, there would be some consequences. And so you bite it and you, and, you, and, you, and you bury it and you change on the surface, but the heart hasn't grown any more sensitive. The heart hasn't grown any more sacrificial. It's a change of behavior, but it's, it's shallow. If that's you, I want to let you know what Christ offers you today, not just lasting change, but deep change. Deep change, deep change. Here's the third challenge for change. And I believe that uh, the third challenge for change is conservative change. And that's when we change in areas that don't really mean a lot to us, but we change in those areas because we want to feel better about ourselves instead of being the better version of ourselves. This is like the parent who has a problem yelling at their kids and says, and I'm one of them, and says at their kids and says, and says, not really, I'm getting better. (laughs) But sometimes, um, yeah, their kids, listen, and... And, and, and then they go and they leave church and they get a little conviction and they go, you know what? I'm going to go home and I'm going to start getting up early and working out. No. Yeah, because that's the solution. Less sleep and more exhaustion. Right? But why do we do it? Because it's easier to change our schedule than to change our impatience. So we'll give him the areas. So we'll do it because we know we need to do something, but we don't want to do the thing we know we need to do. And if that's you, I want to let you know what Christ promises you today. And it's not just lasting change. It's not just deep change. Here's what he promises you today, radical change. My God, Jesus Christ, this Bible, what this book, if you're right, this book promises you this, deep change, lasting change, radical change. He can do it. And that's what you can have today. But before you can experience that change, not only do you have to overcome the challenges of change, you got to answer the questions of change. Because there are two questions that, that set up the whole change thing. And you can't even begin to change unless you answer these two questions. Here's my first question about change. Are you ready? Here's question number one. You want to write this down if you're taking notes. Do you believe you have to change or do you believe that the people and situations around you have to change? Because if you believe that you're fine, she's the problem. I'm, I'm good. You see this face? It's good. He's the problem. They're the problem. That's the problem. That's cool. As long as you don't think you have to change and everyone else has to change, guess what kind of life you live? You live the kind of life where everyone and everything around you is changing except you. This is why we've had three friend groups in the last three years. Because three years ago, we found a friend group and we were like the fake version of ourselves. You know, when you meet people for the first time, you know, nobody ever meets the real you right away, right? This is just great dating advice too. What, what you're meeting when you meet a person is that person's representative. You're meeting, you're meeting what that person would look like if they were in a movie. You're meeting, and it takes about a year for crazy to come through. So I'm just saying. You meet them, and here's what happens. 
after a year, you start letting the guard down, and all of a sudden, your friend group, they get to see the real you. Now they don't want to hang anymore. And now you go this. When you go home, you go, oh, my friends, they've... But they haven't. They just found out the real you. And because you don't want to change, because you think they've changed, then you abandon that friend group and you go to the next friend group and you put on the facade for the 11 months and then on month 12, you show that friend group who you really are and then all of a sudden it happens and some of you are stuck in a pattern of changing on the outside and you don't know why you can't find friends to stick around. It's because you want them to change but you don't want to change. The same thing applies. Can I get personal but I'm not taking any shots? I think, I think we apply the same thing to churches. It's not working for me in this church, so I'm going to go ahead and change churches. Why? Because the church isn't perfect. No church is perfect. Matter of fact, let me spoil it for you right now. Journey Church is not perfect. We got problems. Just stick around a little bit longer. If you think we got this down, just a little bit, somebody will try you. Somebody will not say hi to you. And that one time, it will happen. And this is what you're going to say. Oh, I'm just going to change church. But instead of changing churches, what about letting the church change you? Because you're going to find that same issue in another church. You need to get changed. How about a job? We keep going from job to job. The job is not the problem. The problem is your work habits. But you keep going from job to job. And this is what you tell yourself. I need a change of scenery. <laughs> it's not working for me right now. I need a change of scenery. And some of you guys get so dramatic with this. You don't just get a new job. You'll move to another state. Just be like, Florida's not working for me right now. I'm moving to Jersey. It's not going to get better in Jersey. I'll tell you right now. I just, you don't need, listen, maybe that's true. Maybe you need a change of scenery. But before you go for a change of scenery, how about a change to yourself? That's what you got to go first. That's the first question. So if you answer yes to that, amen, I've accepted it. I'm the one that needs to change. Here's the second question, and this one's just as important. Do you want to change? What kind of question is that? If I didn't want to change, I wouldn't be at church today. (laughs) Of course I want to change. Hey, I'm just telling you what Jesus told this dude who was paralyzed for 38 years. There was this guy on the mat, couldn't walk for 38 years. And Jesus goes up to him. And you know what Jesus' first question to this guy on the mat for 38 years is? Do you want to walk again? Well, heck yeah, Captain Obvious. (laughs) Been on this mat for a while now. I much, very much would like to walk right now. But why would he ask him that? I think the why he asked him that was because the man had survived for 38 years without walking. What does that mean that he survived with 38 years without walking? That means that he's built a system of support around his situation. He's built a system of support around his dysfunction that is built on the sympathy, empathy, energy, and charity of others. And so I'm going to stay the way I am because I figured out a way to use this for my benefit. We call it a victim mentality. And a victim mentality is this, I am the way I am because something bad happened to me. Therefore, I'm going to present to the world an excuse for change so that I can avoid the responsibility of change. And, 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 when, and it's real, and it happened to you, and I get it, but, but that, that's not the question. And so and this is what they say. They go, hey, I am the way I am because I didn't have a father growing up. And that's the way I, I am because, and if I had a father, I'd be different, but I am the way I am because I didn't have a dad. I'm, I'm sorry you didn't have a dad. You didn't, I am the way I am because of my first husband. You never met him. He was crazy. That's the way, I, that's why I am where I am. I am that way. I am the way I am because when I was a teenager, a, a friend of the family sexually abused me. 
I am the way I am because of that, and that's just the way I am. I, I get it, and I'm so sorry, but Jesus didn't ask you where you came from. He asked you, where do you want to go? I'm sorry it happened to you, but I can't change what happened to you. But with my power, I can change where you are right now. So I'm sorry it happened, but do you want to change? Do you want to get up? Do you want to walk? Do you want to be different? Because that, that, today, tomorrow, that we can change. So do you want to be a victim or become a victor? That's your choice. And only after we have accepted that we need to change, and only after we have decided that we want to change do we start to change. That's where it begins. You gotta first come to that, that reality. I, it's my job to change, not the pastor's job to change me, not my friend's job to change, it's my job to change. I'm gonna change, and, and I want it, because I'm not content with fine any longer. All right, now let's get to it. So then how do we change? Well, Galatians 5 hits it on the head. Paul uses a metaphor, and I love metaphors. I love illustrations. I love objects. He talks about change in a picture. He says, your change is like fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. How many people have been to church before, and you've heard at one point something like the fruit of the Spirit? Raise your hand. You heard it. Even if you've never been to church, you probably heard this somewhere. The fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is change. Let's get that. Anyone here? Yeah. Fruit is change. And I love this metaphor because, and by the way, botanical references in the Bible are all over. God always refers to growth or, or, or change um, you know, through this. In Psalms, he talks about us being trees planted by running water. In uh, John, he talks about Jesus being the vine, we're the branches. He loves to use the metaphor of, of botanical growth as a, as a, as an ex to, to explain what ch a change and growth is in our life. And the reason why I love that analogy is because understanding that fruit is change, hear me, it doesn't just tell us what change is, it also tells us how change is produced. Because, you know, fruit has a way of coming into our life. Like, how do you get fruit? Somebody's like, I go to the supermarket. No. Back in the Bible, they didn't have supermarkets. But you know how you get fruit? What's that section of the supermarket where you buy it? What do they call it? What do they call it? The produce section. You know why? Because fruit isn't purchased, it's produced. You don't get it by walking into a supermarket. You don't get it by just coming to church. If you're just coming here and sitting here, you think that's going to change things. It's a part of it, but that's not where change happens. Change is produced. And how is fruit produced? With the seed. Now, here's the message I'm so excited to preach today because I've been in church my whole life, and I have heard countless messages on the fruit of the Spirit, but I've never heard one message on the seed of the Spirit, which is a problem because now I have a picture of change but not a plan for change. But when I understand that every fruit comes from a seed, now I'm asking a better question. I understand that fruit has changed, but what's the seed? What is the seed? Well, I believe the seed represents a lot. Uh, the seed represents potential, right? But potential is what it is. It's not how it gets out. I believe the seed represents humility. You know that it's small, and, and that's cool, but humility is what it is. It's not what it gets out. You know how you get fruit out of a seed? You bury it, which is really interesting to me because it's the same thing we do with our cadavers. We bury them. And I think Galatians 5 said something about, about that. We, those who belong to Christ Jesus, remember this is a passage on change, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So in other words, we want fruit, but before fruit comes a funeral. We want 
breakthrough, but before breakthrough comes the burial. The seed has to say, I am done being a seed, and I'm ready to give up, and I'm ready to go down, and I'm ready to submit. Are you ready? If the fruit of the Spirit is changed, the seed of the Spirit is surrender. Surrender is how you change. Surrender is how we change. Surrender, we go into the dirt. Surrender is how we change. Okay, I'm with you, Pastor. Surrender is how we change. But what is surrender? Surrender what? What does God want? What does he want? Does he want my girl? Does he want my man? What does he want? I'm going to tell you what. We're going to continue with the metaphor of, of the botanical growth. I want to show you a, uh, a video of a seed growing. It's really cool. Um, it took like 60 days for this tree to grow, this, this fruit to grow. But I'm not showing you 60 days because that's too long. What I'm going to show you is one day of growth of a seed underground. One day of growth of the seed underground. And I'm going to speed that up for you even, even more so. So go ahead and watch this video. And we're going to learn a little, about, a little more about change. Boom, that's it. That's it. That is one day of a seed growing underground. Now, now, how many people can tell it's grown? It has grown. You raise your hand, you can see it's grown. It's grown. We know it's grown. We can see that it's grown. But here's the problem. It hasn't grown a lot. And it took a long time to see the little bit of growth that we do see. This, this looked fast. But you got to remember, I put 24 hours into four seconds. If only we could do a time lapse on our life. I think we would see there's a little more progress than we thought that we'd made. But you can't see it when it's happening. Here's my first point. Change is gradual. Change is gradual. You don't see it happening when it's happening. It's very slow, and it's very, but it's steady, and it's hard to see. Change is Gradual. And so here's, if change is gradual, here's what you got to surrender. Are you ready? Change is gradual, so surrender your deadline. Change is gradual, so surrender your deadline. It's amazing to me when I meet people who just start coming to church giving God deadlines on their transformation. All right, pastor, I'm enjoying it. I love Journey Church. Music's good. Preaching's good. People out in the lobby. All right, here's the, I'm going to give this thing six months. If in six months I am not set free, delivered, married, financially blessed, two feet taller, if I don't have a better car, if I'm not free from depression, if I'm not smiling all the time, if, if in six months God doesn't do all that in my life, then I'm out of here. You got to change my life and you got to do it in six months. Okay. So let me get this straight. How old are you? 40? Okay. So you want God to fix in four seconds what took you 40 years to mess up? It don't, it, don't, it don't connect. And by the way, he can. He's that powerful. He can change you in a moment, but he won't. You know why? Easy come, easy go. If he changes you quick, then quickly you'll change back. This is, a, this, I saw this the other day. Listen, I don't like clothes. Let me, let, me, let me clarify. I'm not a nudist. What I mean to say is... <laughs> I appreciate clothes. I don't like the whole process of getting them, like the store thing, then the mirror changing room, then the mirror thing, and then it never looks like it looks like at home like it did in the changing room. And then you get home and you do the whole pro, and you got to style it. I just, I'm not, I'm not about it. I don't like it. Um, and uh, my way of solving that problem, I got married. 
this was the way I solved that problem. I married someone who loves these things. Like she loves fashion. She loves going. She told me the other day, she goes, I need some me time. I was like, we want to do go for a walk? She's like, I'm going to Goodwill. (laughs) That is my me time. I'm going shopping. I'm like, great. So you relaxing means me spending money. Amen. She loves to do it. It's her, it's her, it's her break time. And, uh, and, and so what, what happens now is, because um, it takes me just forever to get dressed. It just takes me a long time. And so what happens now is every Saturday night, uh, Liz pulls out my clothes. Don't judge me. And she you know, does irons for me and sets them out. And then in the morning, I just put them on and I'm out. And I'm gone. And it's like the best setup ever. <laughs> I love it, okay? Because I'm gone. I'm done five minutes in and out. But there are some Sundays when she's not home. I feel like a child. I know how it sounds. And I have to dress myself. <laughs> and on those Sundays, I'm there for an hour. I know it sounds vain, but this is on TV, YouTube. You guys are here. I want to look my best, but I don't know how to do it. She was in Ethiopia for two weeks. I wore a shirt and jacket, both weeks in a row. <laughs> Different color jackets, same color shirt. <laughs> I didn't know. I look good in white, so that's all I knew. But some Sunday she can't be there. So I'll get dressed myself after an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes, and then, but I still need her approval or else I'm going to walk in insecure. So I, I do the little bathroom selfie, take a picture, and then I text it to her. And I'm like, babe, what do you think? And sometimes she's like, good job, you're growing. <laughs> but other times she's only supposed to be honest. She'll be like, no. <laughs> that doesn't go. It's not working. Um, and she's like, you, she's like, and she said, you need to change. And then to that, I, I takes back, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. I've already invested too much time into this look right here. It's too late. In other words, it took so long to change, babe, I ain't changing back. You know why it takes a long time to change? Because with every prayer that you pray, with every song that you sing, with every Sunday that you come to church, you're taking one step away from the old version of yourself and another step away from the old version of yourself. And it takes years to change. But years after you change, when you look back and the temptation comes in your life to change back, you go, "Uh uh-uh. It took me too long to be who I am. It took me too long to get to this place. It took me too long to learn how to pray. It took me too long to learn how to lift my hands in worship. It took me too long to learn how to serve. It took me too long. I ain't going back. That took too much work. I ain't going back. It took too much time. Uh Uh-uh. This is what the disciples said. When when, when Jesus started preaching some crazy stuff. One time Jesus was preaching and he was like, he was talking about unity, but he was using a sermon illustration and it was a really bad sermon illustration. He was like, you got to be one with me. You got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And then people just started leaving the church and he didn't even correct them. He's like, bye. And the 12 disciples showed up and they're like, Jesus, everybody's leaving. And he's like, do you want to go too? You know what the disciples said? They said, where will we go? We've already come too far. We've already left everything. We already, I can't go back because I didn't hold back. When God called me, I went all in. And now that I'm all in, I can't go back. I can't. You never see change. By the way, you never feel it either. You never feel like you're getting stronger. You know that, right? You never feel like you're getting smarter. You never watch like a PBS special. And like while you're watching it, you're like. I feel it. I can feel 
the expansion of the neural cortex, it's brimming against my skull. I feel like, mom, I'm getting smarter. You just don't, you don't feel it because growth, change, change is not something that you, that, that you see. It can only be measured. Change is not something you can touch. It can only be tested. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, we have two dogs, and uh, there's, uh, you got to buy dog food for dogs, and, and then we buy them in big bulks because, you know, Costco and save money and all that great stuff. And, and these bags are like 20 pounds each. And now that we have two dogs, we got to get two of these 20-pound bags. And, uh, and I actually love doing that when Liz asks me to, when we go to the dog store together, the pet store, because it's like the one chance in our relationship where I get to show like I'm a man. I grab both of those, and I just throw both on those shoulders, and I'm like, I got this, babe. <laughs> you picked right when you married me. Look what I can do. You know, just... And I just drop those things, and I'm like, what else do you need? You know, just like... I love that, man. I love to serve her in that way. And, uh, and she's been working out for a long time now. She's been working out almost in January. It's going to be a year, right? More than a year working out straight. My baby looking good, girl. Looking good, boo boo. She's looking so good. And, but, but, but she didn't think she was looking good. After like eight months of working out, she would, she would look in the mirror, and in the mirror, she would go, oh, I don't see change. I don't see change. What do you think? I'm like, yes. Whatever the question is, yes. <laughs> She's like, yeah, but I don't see it. I don't see it. And she didn't see it. And it was kind of bringing her down, the fact that she didn't see her change. So they went to the pet store. I was, I was in the pet store, and I was in the car, and I was on a very important call with somebody, a really important counseling session. And we needed to go get the dog food, and we needed to go. And she looked at me, and I was like, give me one second. I'll, I'll do it. I got off the phone. She was like, no, I can't wait. So she went to the pet store. She bought the two bags of dog food. And she flung those two bags of dog food. And she walked over to the car. She opened the trunk with her teeth. <laughs> she just went boom, boom. I'm like, who's helping you? I looked at the back. What was that? The car, the car shocks are being tested by the weight. It's like she closes the thing. She comes back into the passenger seat. She's like, did you see what I did? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. She's like, I brought both of those bags in by myself. I'm like, are we getting divorced now? Because you don't need me <laughs> anymore. No, I was kidding. And she was like, she was home and she goes, the old me could have never done that. She didn't know she had grown until she'd been tested. Huh? One day you're going to go through something. Better yet, you're going through something right now. And it's not there to kill you. It's there to show you how much you've grown. And when you put that thing on your back, you're going, man, the old me would have crushed under that weight. The old me would have been broken under that weight. The old me would have hit the floor under that weight. When that burden came on my shoulders, the old me would have dropped the meat, would have dropped the knee. But I'm not the old me. I've gotten stronger. I've gotten better. I've gotten bigger. I've gotten smarter. I've I've gotten wiser, I've gotten better. I'm better. I'm better. I couldn't see it when it was happening, but when the trial came, I lifted that baby up. Have a seat, have a seat. I lifted that baby up. Growth can't be touched, but it will be tested, and when that test comes, you'll see it. I didn't know it. 
was going to small group for a year. I didn't know I could go through something like that. But I did. But I did. I didn't know it when it, it was happening. Growth, man. Growth, it's, it's, it's gradual. So surrender your, your deadline. I got to give you these next two, like, real quick. <laughs> growth. Growth is not just gradual. Let's throw a picture of that seed real quick. So picture that seed. Where's that vine coming from? Yeah, but from where in the seed? On the inside. On the inside. Listen, growth is internal. Change? Change is internal. Let me read you a quick passage of scripture. Quick passage of scripture. Galatians 5, 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit where? But, but what we want to change is our behavior. What we want to change is our actions. What we want to change is that, that, that thing that we keep doing that we don't want to do. Yeah, you want fruit outside of you, but you can never live out a change that doesn't live in you. Your words don't come from your tongue. It only seems that way. Your words come from your heart. That thought process that you want to shift, that doesn't come from your brain. It seems that way, but it really comes from your heart. In other words, if we want to change, change is internal, so we're going to have to surrender our heart. To who? The Holy Spirit. You know, you can't do open heart surgery on yourself. It's impossible. You got to ask a surgeon to do it for you. This is like the greatest kept secret in all of Christianity. Because if you just see Christianity from a distance, you think all Christians are about is making everybody look the same and do the same and be the same. And you all have to behave good or else God's going to come with a pitchfork. He's going to lightning bolt Zeus you. And it's all about changing behavior. We will never try and change your behavior at Journey Church. We're going to try and change your heart. And as long as you got behavior, you come to church with your behavior. God, that's not our job to change the way you do things. We're going to let the Holy Spirit work on your heart. This is the, and by the way, you know that this passage, it says the fruit of the Spirit, but you know what it calls the things of the flesh? The works of the flesh. Isn't that something? The Holy Spirit is what produces fruit. But when we try to fix things on our own and put like 10 rules to not drink alcohol anymore, like that's hard. And, and also, like it's not going to work because there's a heart void that needs to be healed in order for that behavior to get fixed. And the Holy Spirit is the one who works on the inside. So how do we give him our heart? Matthew 6, 21. This is how we give him our heart. This is what Don't Hold Back's all about. I promise this will help you. For where your treasure is, there your what? There your what? There is an invisible string between your wallet and your heart. And where your money goes, your heart follows. Next Sunday, when we bring an offering to God, it is not about money. It's about telling the Lord, I want to see change in my life. I want to see you do what I know you can do. And I'm going to give you my heart, not my money, my heart. I'm giving you my heart because I want to see things change. Raise your hand if you have journey, if you have a kid in Journey Kids right now, kid in Journey Kids. Today's a super special day. For those who don't have children, this is still something you can celebrate. We're doing a don't hold back offering for our kids, and today they're bringing their offering. By the way, if there's any parent who's upset about that, like, it's not about money. Like, we're not going to build this building with 50 cents. You know what I'm saying? We don't think that's where it's coming from. We're trying to teach them to be generous people, generous husbands and generous wives and generous parents. And when they grow up, they can live a life of generosity. My sons are contributing to this. And, uh, and, and they got money. They got money because we do chores. We do financial peace, Dave Ramsey in our home. And I want to show you Justice's chore chart really quickly. He's been working on this for a year now. This is November. So he's been saving up this much money for a year. You look, he gets 50 cents for loading the dishwasher, 50 cents for feeding the pets. In 11 months, he saved up $49.23. $49.23 in 11 months. We don't pay a lot. 
and the pastor goes home. We don't pay a lot. We are cheapo. Um, in my mind, it's like you live in my house. That's enough support. Anyway, um, he has a little treasure box. All the kids have one. They brought it in today. We let our kids decide what they wanted to bring. This is what Justice decided he wanted to bring to God for his Don't Hold Back offering. $49.23. Not. If you look at it, it says, all my money in box justice. In box, in box, book and money. He wrote God a book and he put it in the, in the, in the, in the box because he wanted God to know why he was giving all of it. Not some of it, all of it. He did not hold back. By the way, there was no manipulation in the production of this sermon. There was no like, Papi, I want to do an illustration. Just put it all in. Daddy got your back after service. I, I read it. Just, just if anybody asks. You gave it all. <laughs> that, this, was, this was the thing he decided. My thankful God, written by justice. Dear God, thank you for my two dog, my mom and dad, and thank you for my brother, exclamation point, amen. Be thankful for what you, I be thankful for what you have. I want to thank you for everything. I, here's where it all, I got emotional. I love God. You know, God didn't need the letter. The treasure said enough. He didn't need, God didn't need it written. He could tell by justice's sacrifice that he was giving his heart to him completely. Now I have another son, his name's Zane. Please don't tell him that I am telling you this. All right, keep this between us. Zane, I wanna show you Zane's chore chart. This is Zane's chore chart. Zane has saved $124 and 26, he is an entrepreneur, okay? Here's how he saved, he does his brother's chores. That's how he's got so much money. He's like, no, you wanna, I got it. And then he'll put the record on his chart. Saved at $124 and 26 cents. Now my son is six years old in the first grade, second grade. He, you know, he's, it's homeschool. I mean, who knows? There was no graduation. Um, now, here's the thing about my, my six-year-old. He is six, right? Okay. Here's the thing. My six-year-old, he's not the best when it comes to division and multiplication, but somehow, homeboy has percentages down. Because he knows that as Christians, we tithe 10%. He knows that. He believes that in that, and he is that. So, so this is his don't hold back offering, $10. $10. He said, what does God say I got to give? 10%. Done. Thank you, Lord. I want you to know, this is all real, guys. I couldn't make this up if I tried. I want you to know that I wasn't like, how dare you? He died for you on the cross. Are you going to give him $10? What's wrong with you? No. You know why I didn't do that? Because I'm just glad he did what God asked. And I, was, and I celebrated him great job. And he knew what his brother gave, and there was zero peer pressure, let me tell you right now. He was like, you're giving 49? Good for you, Justin. I'm proud of you. I'm just going to do what God asked. Hey, and no one in the house made him feel any better. That's why I don't want you to talk to him about it, because you might not have that same spirit. You might go up to him and be like, don't do that. So I just, I celebrated. Now let me tell you, I was proud of him. But when Justice gave his offering, I started to shake. 
Because I've been telling him his whole life that God's real. And now, he's do- first off, I was like, don't put it all. I wanted to tell him, don't do that. Don't put it all in. You work so hard. But then I'm like, I'm preaching a series on don't hold back. I can't do that and then come here and preach. I'm like, so I didn't say that. I was just like, that's awesome, man. And I started to shake. I'm not lying. Because I'm like, God, he's putting you in a position. I was like, God, you better come through on some type of crazy spiritual. This is my son's faith on the line. So I'm just getting nervous. I'm getting nervous. I go to my wife. I'm like, babe, did you see what justice gave? She's like, yeah. I'm like, we got to do something. She's like, honey, God will do something. I'm like, we are God in this situation. How much does a pony cost? How much does a pony? Monkeys, iguanas, what's that go for now? Come home, it's going to be a unicorn in the, in, the, in the living room. I got to do something. We got to move. We got to do something. Babe, he gave everything. We got to do something. We got to do something. One number made me proud. The other number made me move. When it comes to giving God our heart, it's one thing. It's one thing to, to, to let the Holy Spirit, to, to let God have you. But like, does he have all of you? Like, it's one thing to do what he asks, and that's good, and he's proud. But there's another thing that we can do for God that, listen, makes him move and makes him change. Like, I don't know how the conversations in heaven go down, but I believe that when we go all in and we don't hold back and we just say, God, take it all because I need change in my life. I think he does like a little conference call or something. And he's like, yo, Moses, Noah, Abraham, Gabriel. I'm pretty sure he doesn't because he knows everything, but I just know he's up there and he's like, no, 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 no. You will not outbless me. You will not outgive me. You will not outdo me. You put me in a position, and I'm gonna put you in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put you in a position. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change. Here, here's. I want to show you a quick giving chart because next Sunday it's it. It's it. If you've been uncomfortable talking about money this whole sermon, I'm sorry. Next Sunday it's over. But this is so important. Here's what we're looking for. Here's what I'm asking you. First off, that number, the top 3.2 million. That's not even the goal, guys. The goal is participation 100% participation so when you leave here there'll be a commitment card at the blue tent grab one go home pray about it and I want you to pray about maybe somewhere in the middle of this chart why because it's the story of two numbers you can come to this building but but the moment you give him your heart I believe it's the moment you go all in and money is just a symbol really of what we're passionate about show me like show me your bank account where the money goes that's when I know where your love is I know that it's and it's and it's not you me too me too it's just how it works And so we're just telling the Lord, take it all, God. Have it all. I want to give you my heart. Holy Spirit, change me. Change the things around me. And so 100% petition, that's next Sunday. And listen, next Sunday, I don't want to have to tell a sob story and try and get your heart moving and pray about it. Plan it. Give above and beyond and and, and talk to your family. Let's put God in a position where he's just got to move on behalf of Orlando. He's just got to move on behalf of Journey Church. He's just got to move on behalf of your family. He's got to move. I think that we can put him in a position. And I think he likes to be put in those positions where he's got to move. He's my last point, and I pray that it'll minister to you. Listen, change is gradual, so surrender your deadline. Change is internal, so, so surrender your heart. Here's the next one. I want to show you a picture of this. Look at this picture right quick. This is real. This is a tree in England that has grown through a grave. It's broken through the place where they put the body and it's even cracked through the tombstone that person was buried 250 years ago here's what happened when they laid that tomb 250 years ago they laid it on top of an acorn 250 years later 
it should be no battle. Acorn, 800 pounds of cement. Right? It shouldn't be a battle. It should be out. The, the, the tombstone should win every time. It doesn't. The acorn wins every time. It broke through the cement. It broke through the tombstone. It broke through the grave. And now it's tall. Here's my last point. Change is inevitable. It's inevitable. I know you feel like you got a lot weighing you down this, this afternoon. But I want to tell you, because change is inevitable, you will change. I know it doesn't feel like it, but you will change. So stay, so stay buried. Don't go digging for old mindsets. Don't go digging for old relationships. Don't go digging for old boy and old girl. And don't go digging for old behaviors and old habits. I know you can't see it, but it's working. I know you can't feel it, but it's working. Even when you can't see it, in the depth of the soil, God is producing something in your heart. If you just stay buried, I promise you, change is inevitable. You won't be who you are forever. God can do a miracle in your life. Have hope. Believe. You're going to grow through the grave. You're going to grow through the tomb. You're going to grow through the... We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.